you don't know who I am. I've never talked to you. Do you want to hear why? And he was like, dude, you should really look at becoming an AE in tech. He was like, the AEs I work with are raking so much money. You're all scared as hell, right? Everyone's yeah, like, we yeah. have no friends. No one knows no one, but guess what? We've got each other. And in life, if you look at even the most successful people, they don't know the answers. They just know how to, how to find, they're curious and they know how to find the answers, right? I'm just gonna talk and, and overcome objections until they hang up. My day consists of obviously relentlessly calling people. Hey, what's up guys? Trent's here. I texted Chandler about three hours ago and I said, hey, let's run the pod tonight. You guys are gonna absolutely love him. He's a grinder, he works late. He calls hard, and he happens to be my SDR. So we're going to get into it all today. Chandler, how were the phones today? Dude, thank you for the intro first off. I really appreciate it. It's awesome to be here. Um, super cool to see just where we're at now. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, it, it's, it's been a good day. It's been a good week. It's been a little slow, uh, but that's just part of sales. You know, the ups and downs. Uh, last week was really hot, so... Uh, just based on law of averages, right? Like this week's got to be a little less. Well, it's it's been a little less in my calendar. Did you set me any meetings today or what's going on? I did not. It's, it's been a slow week. <laughs> it's been a slow week, but that's just part of it, the ups and downs, and, and, and we ride. So I want you guys to know, I only ask people to come on the pod that I either respect or admire in some way. And I want to say, when Chandler became my SDR, I feel like we became the dream team. We're making big things happen, a lot of pipeline. I think you guys are going to learn a lot from him here today, and he's wise beyond his age. He's an SDR. He's looking to become an account executive. And I think where we'll start is, like many of you, looking to chase opportunity. Chandler was no different. He graduated from South Carolina, moved himself to Dallas, Texas, similar to me. I grew up in Ohio, moved myself to Dallas, Texas. And I think that's a common theme in successful people is chasing opportunity and going to the edge of your comfort zone. That's exactly what Chandler did. So Chandler, can you talk about what your experience was like moving to a new city? I, I don't know how many people you knew starting a brand new job, uh, because I think a lot of people are curious about that in their own lives, about potentially moving or chasing new opportunities. Yeah. So it, it's, it's interesting because I honestly, I'm in, in sales now, of course, but uh, from the jump, that actually wasn't the ideal path here. Um, so I started in college. I want to be a college basketball coach. And so uh, my freshman year of college, I worked as a manager for the men's basketball team at USC, the real South Carolina. Um, and go really Cox. Enjoyed, yeah, go Gamecocks, always. Um, nice plug there. But um, so, yeah, always <laughs> want to be in sports, did that, and then just realized, like, hey, um, I looked around. There's people who were, you know, 35, 37, and just – just nothing against them, but just lower in, lower in on the staff. And I was like, I want to go somewhere and do something where I'm in control of my destiny and I'm not waiting around for, for someone to throw me a hand, right? And so towards the end of my college career, I'd always had this bad perception of sales. And I took the sales class and I'd always thought of sales as just the B2C model, right? So being that annoying car salesman or things of that nature. And once I learned about B2B sales, um, it really just changed my perception. And so uh, my dad's actually a solutions architect in tech. And he was like, dude, you should really look at becoming an AE in tech. He was like, the AEs I work with are raking so much money. And so I just looked in there and I haven't looked back. But yeah, I um, I actually was between a couple companies I'd already been looking at for sales. And then Trent, this is in the early days of the YouTube, right? So your YouTube had not even popped off yet. This is when you were essentially talking to yourself on YouTube, right? Like there was no viewers. Nobody was, listened for an entire year. Nobody. You're just literally talking to yourself at that point. So you actually messaged me <laughs> on LinkedIn and said... Uh, hey man, uh, I'm starting a sales uh, YouTube channel. You should check it out. Also, Qualtrics is hiring. And so I was like, okay, I'd heard of Qualtrics. A girl that I knew worked at Qualtrics, had good reviews. And so I, I applied, got the job, and through the process, dude, I, I just fell in love with it. And yeah, 
I um I wanted to move. I feel like if you never leave, like you you have to leave your hometown. Like your life depends on it, right? Like you you have to get out. You have to have a change of scenery. You grow so much. Um, like I said, like you just mentioned, I knew nobody in Dallas at all. Um, but just coming here, dude, like you. Well, I want to I want to hear because I I think that that's what concerns a lot of people is is going somewhere where they don't know anyone or necessarily starting something that they don't know anything about and. I look at you and I look at a career in tech and you have the opportunity to start with so many other young people with similar interests. Talk about your experience meeting other people in the team outside the office, because I think you have a unique experience because you guys have built a big friend group. That's the experience I had. And I think it leads to such an enriching early life in the mid twenties, because that's when you really can have a lot of fun. hundred percent. Yeah. So I actually have two roommates. I live in downtown Dallas. I have two roommates. Uh, both of them are SDRs. Actually one works at Qualtrics. And then another SDR at Qualtrics, uh, James, just happened to move into the apartment next to us just randomly. And then another SDR at Qualtrics lives above us. So we definitely have uh, a nice little squad over here. But yeah, dude, like everyone on my team and at Qualtrics in my class just moved across the country for this job, right? And so think of that freshman year of college when you're at the dorm and- But you have money. You're all scared as hell, right? Everyone's yeah, like, we have yeah. no friends. No one knows no one, but guess what? We've got each other. And that's kind of how our class has been with each other so far. I, I think that's fun. And the analogy I like to think, I thought my first year out of college was like my freshman year of college. Everyone wants to meet people. Everyone has money. You're in a city um, and you have a lot of fun on the weekends. Speaking of what we do Monday through Friday, so let, let's start to get into it. Let's offer the, the people some value here. So you have a unique experience because you started an inbound sales development and now you're an outbound. So I want to start with inbound. Talk about what your experience was with that and then contrast it to outbound since the the roles are very different and some people may not know exactly what they do. Starting out, I found out right before uh, my start date that I was going to be on inbound and I was honestly kind of bummed at first just because, you know, when I think of sales, I think of cold calling and I I, I wanted to get into that, right? Um, So I definitely was a little... Um, I, don't, I don't know, I had a, just had a kind of distaste in my mouth at first. Um, but I think inbound does provide some really valuable skills. And like you said, I started on inbound where um, we're calling people who have either requested a demo, free account, et cetera, things of that nature. So uh, people who are much more eager to talk to you usually, right? Whereas outbound, it's a whole other game. People are usually not very pleasant to to hear me on the other side of the phone, right? They, they think I'm an employee calling or someone delivering their lunch. And they're like, oh crap, what have I stepped into? I now have this kid on the phone trying to sell me. So with inbound though, I think it was really good because it, it just gave me a lot of confidence starting off, right? I had a lot of at-bats, a lot of conversations. Um, and I think that's the beauty of inside sales is you have a lot of conversations and it's a very nurturing environment. Whereas is outbound is kind of like the wild, right? Like it is just a dog eat dog world, very brutal, very rough. Um, and so I think starting out for, for your ego and for your confidence, it, it is beneficial to be on inbound. What have been some of the biggest challenges shifting to outbound? Like you said, it's it's dog-eat-dog world. You can get absolutely body-bagged on the phone. They're not expecting you to call. And for context, guys, Chandler has sent me a lot of his calls. He will push pack past the objections. When people tell him no, he'll go that extra mile until he gets hung up on that level. So talk about some of the biggest challenges you've experienced going to outbound. Yeah, so the part about the, the, the pushback, too, <laughs> I, I've, made, I've made a point to myself, and it's like, look, I'm just going to talk. And, obje- and overcome objections until they hang up. Like I would just keep going, going until they they make me stop. So, um, but the biggest challenge I would say is uh, understanding your style, right? When you start on outbound too, a lot of people like to tell you what you should do, what you shouldn't do. And then, you know, you have all these different people coming at you with, with advice, but it doesn't really sound like you. And that's one of the biggest things is you just have to kind of pick and choose parts of each one and figure out what suits your style best. And so that you sound confident doing it, right? And one thing I've learned 
uh, specifically too, just in this job in, in sales, is that it's not so much even what you say, right? Like we, we a lot of times in sales, SDRs, we get caught up like, I have to have the perfect talk track. And it's like, no, you just have to have confidence, right? Like you can have no idea what the hell you're saying, but if you're confident, you have conviction, people will eat it up and people will naturally be inclined to, to give you a chance and hear you out. One of my cold calling principles is what you say isn't as important as how you say it. Tone, Absolutely. pitch, inflection, taking pauses is so important. Everyone said I sounded like a used car salesman when I first started, so I've had to really tone it in. Speaking of calling and what to say, everyone's like, okay, Chandler, I can be confident, but what do I actually say? So I think what's unique about you is you'll go out of your way to learn, and if you don't think something's working, you'll change it up. So I know you've done a lot of research studying other sales influencers, gurus, um, and you've developed a talk track to nail the first 15 seconds, quote unquote. So I want to hear your talk track live um, yeah. so everyone can hear it and, and then talk through what you like about it and how it's been working. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, again, I, this is a lot of trial and error here, throwing things at the wall, seeing what's stuck. But one thing that I've had a lot of success with that I, I got off LinkedIn was, um, hey, Trent, this is Chandler over at Qualtrics. I know we've never spoke before, or we've never spoken before, and I know you weren't expecting me to call, but do you mind if I take a second to explain why I'm calling, and you can let me know if it makes sense for us to speak or not? And I think the really good thing about that is, you're, first off, you're just going ahead and laying out, the, you're labeling the negatives, right? You, there's no funny business, there's no deception, it's like, look, you don't know who I am, I've never talked to you, do you want to hear why? And that part about, do you mind if I take a second to explain why I'm calling? provides mystery, right? They're like, if they, if they hung up, they might be like, mm, what, what was he calling about? It sounds, sounds kind of urgent too, right? It's like someone's calling me out the blue and they're like, we need to speak. So th that's what I found to work really well for me. Um, another thing too is not only the opening is important, but the, the, the ask, right? And so what I've told people and I've learned is at the end when we ask for time, a lot of times people sound nervous asking for time. Like, hey, do you Mind if maybe we took like, I don't know, like 15 minutes. It's like, if you're nervous asking for the time, if you're not confident asking for their time, how are they going to be confident giving you their time? So you have to be confident and sound really just like you have something to offer in that time as well. The biggest mistake I made early in my SDR career while cold calling, I was sitting there, I was nervous, I didn't know what to say, um, and I would do a lot of research before, before the call. I'd look at Salesforce, I'd look at LinkedIn, the company website, and it would take me five, 10 minutes to make a call, as ridiculous as that sounds. And the girl next to me who had been there a couple months, she's like, Trent, what are you doing? I said, I'm preparing. Uh, what do you think I'm doing? She's like, you got, you got to press the call button and figure it out later. So it's having that confidence in yourself to press the call button. And my take on, on calling, so I've made 45,000 live cold calls, verified. Uh, you can find it in our system. And to Chandler's point, they, they want give them a reason to hear you out. So anytime I call, I say, hey, Chandler, this is Trent from XYZ Company. How are you? A lot of people don't like the how are you, but I think it gives me a quick take into how they're doing. And if they say, good, how are you? I know I have them. If not, I... Test. It's a good litmus yeah. test. You can very easily... If someone's like, good, and they don't ask you... Yeah. You okay. Have to get into it. You're like, I have yeah. five seconds or I'm about to get absolutely just sniped right now. Yes. Um, on the flip, if they're like, good, how are you? You're like, okay, this has, I some, have them. This has some leverage. Like, yeah, yeah, this has a shot. Because no, nobody actually cares how you are. But if you sound like you genuinely are cared, do care, I, I think that will come through. And then immediately after I do that, psychologically, they, they want to know, who is this? Why are they calling? I say, the reason I'm calling you specifically is 
XYZ. Following up on a recent email, does my name ring a bell? Um, notice you oversee HR vision and strategy. Does XYZ a priority? So that's my take, and that's specifically for the first 15 seconds. As you think about what else you do, Chandler, um, one of the titles on my YouTube videos that people just absolutely love, and you were actually in one, was Day in the Life of an SDR. I think there is intrigue around that mystery about well, what does their day look like? Because they're just another person. Can you talk us through what your day looks like? Mm -hmm. Well, the really nice thing about being an SDR is that your day doesn't always look the same, right? Um, you can structure your day however you want. No one's really micromanaging you. No one's, um, you know, you, you're not stuck in meetings at this time, this time, this time. It's very just free form and it's a canvas, right? You can paint it however you want. Um, and that's a great skill to learn is time management um, and working on your own. So, um, my day consists of obviously relentlessly calling people, relentless. um, relentlessly, yes, relentlessly. And then also mining contacts, right? So prospecting, who are we doing uh, or who are we calling? Um, and then a planning, right? So um, how are we going to attack this account? What are key topics we can hit here? And one thing I would tell anyone too, that's looking to get into an SDR role or um, looking at jumping companies possibly is ask the company what the tech stack is they're going to give you because the tools mm -hmm. that they provide can make your job a whole lot easier or extremely miserable. I know people at pretty notable companies that I won't name, but they have to pay for LinkedIn sales navigator and stuff out of their own pocket, which is, which is no absurd. Good. That's absurd. Yeah. So you want to make sure that they give you tools to, to maximize your productivity and make your life easier. But um, yeah, I would say that's the typical day is relentless calling, emailing, and then the occasional putting out fires. Something else to look out for too is, is training. Um, I feel like sales reps always ask for more enablement. And then when they get it, they say, well, I want more time to actually sell. So as you think about leveling up in your career, what are the, what are some of the things you are doing to get better and, and learn? Because you recently moved the, made the switch to outbound, um, SDR one. I know you have your sites set on becoming an SDR two, which is the next level in our program. How do you think about self-development and, and what do you do to get better? hundred um, percent. Well, first off, if you're not growing, you're dying, right? So it is, you do have to get better every day. I love that analogy with the 1.01 to the, to the 365 exponent. Um, you know, it's like it just slight increments every day equals huge and jumps in a year, right? Like everyone underestimates what they can do in a day, but underestimates what they can do in a year. Um, so I would say for me, it's constantly just a, whatever you're selling, learn, learn the work, get into the world of your buyers, right? So for us, right, employee experience, get into the world of HR people. What is their day to day like? What's going on in, in that space? What are some, some you know, macro and micro trends we see? Um, also to, uh, it's all about what you consume, right? So uh, putting your putting, putting good content in front of you, that's that's productive, that's that's beneficial. Um, another thing I would say too, is that a lot of times, uh, people want coaching until they actually get coaching, but you have to be okay. Um, with putting yourself out there and, and getting feedback, right? So I mean, what I, but I mean by that is um, sending your calls to your manager. Like every call that you get a live conversation, you don't set a meeting. I'll send that to an AE and get feedback on it. Yeah, that, that's really important. Um, and a quote you said last time we made a video together that I like that I, I want to dive a bit deeper into. Double click on, as they say, is you said that that some people uh, work at companies to move the mission forward, and some people work just to collect a paycheck. Can you talk about? your relationship with that that way of thinking absolutely yes that was in a really good book i read principles by ray dalio um and honestly if you don't believe in the company you work for you should probably you should probably you shouldn't be there right and so i'm fortunate <clears throat> that the company that i work for um i do believe in the mission right so 
Um, I tell people all the time, sales is a tough place, um, so you need to make sure you're actually selling something you believe in, because if you're not selling something you believe in, it's darn near impossible, right? I'm, I can't imagine selling like, you know, Cutco knives, right? And going to the door and being like, do you wanna buy some knives? And they're like, no, it's like, eh, I don't blame you, I probably wouldn't either, right? And so you have to have conviction and passion about what you're selling in order to overcome those and have any shot. Um, but yeah, with Qualtrics, like, you know, we IPO'd in early 2021. I, obviously you got here a little before me, so um, you made out a little better on that than I did, but huge opportunity, huge trajectory as a company. I think your first job out of college, you have to go somewhere that has good momentum because your first job really sets the tone for the rest of your career. Speaking of Cutco, you know, I interviewed with them once. Really? You would, you would be, I could so see you doing door-to-door. <laughs> I could so see you doing door-to-door. So, so we won't go too deep in this tangent, but I think it's funny. So one of my friends called me and he's like, Hey man, like, do you, do you think I can come over to your house? I'm like, yeah, sure. What's up? He's like, I, I just want to speak with your mom for a minute. And I thought he was joking. He shows up, he's got an entire set of knives and I'm like, okay, he's, he's about to do a full demo here. Goes in our kitchen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pulls out all these knives and, um, sells like three multi hundred dollar knives. I, I think my mom spent a thousand dollars and I was like, what just happened? And, and they almost guilt you into feeling bad. So I ended yeah. up going to interview with them. I was going through a shoulder surgery recovery at that point, And it was just, it was absolute madness. I was next to a, a former cook. Um, it's a great business model, but not quite as good as software. Do you think your mom actually wanted those knives or she just felt bad telling your friend? No, she felt bad telling him. No <laughs> young guy, help him out. Um, and unfortunately contrasting that to solution selling, you can't necessarily sell based on relationships. It's all about building value and speaking of value. I think one of the most important relationships to have is the AE to SDR relationship. And, And I think we have a unique perspective on this because one, we knew each other beforehand and now we actually are aligned. So we are incentivized monetarily to help one another out. So as you think about I, me being your first AEs, so I, I guess you have a, a, an entire cohort of AEs. But as you think about working with AEs, um, what has been your experience with that? Definitely give and take, right? Like, and, and that's life in general. You you have to deposit more than you withdraw, and so um, it's definitely a two way street, right? Like I, I invest in you, you invest in me, um, and then um, I think the biggest thing too is uh, they've been doing this a lot longer than you have, right? So soak it's a great <clears throat> opportunity to soak up knowledge, especially. Uh, top performers like yourself, like I'm all ears when I'm with you. I'm always wanting to hear, you know, w- you've been through this rodeo, right? And so how can I, how can I be better for you? Um, yeah, I would say it, it's, it's very dynamic, right? Because also too, every AE has a different personality, um, different style, uh, different expectations of you. And so it's honest, it's just like working too. It's good to be able to work with different personality types. And that's what it is when you have seven AEs like I have right now that I support. From the AE perspective, I, I agree too. I, I think it's a two-way street, and it's by investing in the relationship, trying to set you up for success, it will hopefully lead you to feel like, okay, this person wants me to do well, so I will try to do well on behalf of them. I think one of the most frustrating things I experienced as an SDR was when you set up a meeting, you think it's going well, uh, there's like kind of a next step, and you're like, oh, this is a guaranteed op. And then the AE doesn't immediately accept the op, and you're wondering, okay, how hard do I push on this? I want the pipeline. I want to get paid for. So how, how do you, how do you navigate uncertainty in those situations? That's so true. That's so true. It's, <laughs> it's, it's like waiting on draft night to hear the phone ring, right? It's you're, you're waiting for that accept or that reject. Um, the way I look at it is you're helping them out, right? You set them a meeting. So the least they can do is, 
is handle that in a timely manner for you, right? Like I, I'm doing work for you. The least you can do is do that for me. That, that's just kind of my take on it. When you think about the way you like to work, this is something that people always comment on my videos because I like to go into the office five days a week. I, I believe going in the office, it, it has the opportunity to change everything about my life based on my performance. And I also live by myself and, and like to go in, in a new environment. So one of the advantages working in tech is you have flexibility at most companies, being able to work remote, go in office, hybrid, all that. I know you ha you have a nice model. You live downtown. Our office is up north. Um, what does that look like for you, your, your, your work-life model? Yeah, I definitely think it is good to be in the office. I agree with you in that sense. Um, similar to how you say before, right? It doesn't matter how good you are if no one knows who you are. Um, so you definitely need to go show face in the office. But um, I, one of the great things about tech too in this job is like you said before, the flexibility, right? Like last week, uh, I, I know you knew we were on a call together, but I was working in the Bahamas, right? And so <laughs> I had to win best Zoom background, right? But um, yeah. I, I, I really find I'm more efficient at home. The social aspect at work sometimes kind of gets, we've been separated for so long, right, with the office being closed that now when people go back, it's just like everyone wants to talk, everyone wants to chat. Um, whereas at home, I can focus, it's quieter. I don't have, you know, I don't finally get a CEO on the phone or a director of HR and have people talking about their weekend plans right in my ear yeah, while I'm trying yeah. to relax, please. So I would say I'm more of an at-home guy and I love the flexibility, but it, it is good to mix it up just for just for mental, uh, mental health, I would say, um, and also show face and make sure people know who you are. So after working remotely during the, the bulk of the pandemic, when I first went back into the office, I went in with, with one of my buddies who were super comfortable together. We've known each other for a while. I got someone on a cold call and I absolutely butchered it because I was nervous because I knew he was listening. I just completely blanked, which, which was uncharacteristic of me. But I have to say, returning to the office, it was an adjustment for me, someone that had done it before and likes to go in the office. How do you, how do you deal with that? One, from a distraction standpoint, it's nice to, to speak with everyone. But at the same time, you're like, I want to get my work done. I can't be talking the whole time. And then two, from the... Um, I don't want to call it an embarrassing feeling, but when you're on a call and you know you, you blow it, I think that's something people are scared about, and that's why they don't like to be around other people calling because they're worried about, well, what if I fail in front of other people? 100%. Yeah, I would say once a day I just have what I call the stroke call, right? So it's just just tongue-tied, <laughs> just nothing's making sense. It's just rushed. It's a mess. But I think being in front of other people puts more pressure on myself, and I think it actually um, – is the best way to learn, right? Like if you can do it in front of others, you can definitely do it on your own. So I actually like to put myself in the uncomfortable position of making the calls in front of other people. Uh, so that way, it's, it's kind of like, you know how sometimes they say bullying's good? Like that's that's what I would say, like in that sense. Getting that feedback and having people judge you, like it's good, because you're gonna, you're gonna come put your best foot forward. What advice would you give to an SDR uh, year in their career? Um, I know you're you're about a year in your career now. So if you could if you could look at yourself from just a, 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 a an outside perspective, what advice would you give another SDR that ultimately you think you need as well? Stay curious. Um, I think a lot of times we think we have to have, know all the answers. And in life, if you look at even the most successful people, they don't know the answers. They just know how to how to find. They're curious and they know how to find the answers, right? So um, always stay curious. I would say too a really good piece of advice that I got my senior year of college when I was interning at FedEx um, was put yourself in the right place as much as possible and eventually it'll be the right time, right? And putting yourself in the right place means showing up every day even when you don't feel like it, right? The only way to win in the game is to show up 
even when you don't feel like it. On the days you're, you're just not feeling it, but pushing through. Um, and so I would say that put yourself in the right place, show up every day, good attitude, be curious, be coachable, um, and don't get too low. Don't get too low. It, it can beat you up at times. Uh, the SDR life is a tough life. Uh, but there's also a lot of highs too. So just knowing how to ride the wave. That's what I've observed as well. So being three, three year, eight, nine months of my career, making content, having the opportunity to connect with other like-minded people that have high aspirations, people that have founded companies, people that are executives in companies. And I'm 26 years old, so I, I don't know anything. But when I speak with these people that I aspire to be, that have the things that I want, my takeaway is, is, is they're just like me. They're no different. Um, baseline intelligence, they can talk, they can listen, they can write, they can read. And, and as long as you have the fundamentals like that, which is most of the people listening right now, you can virtually do anything. You can have as much as you want. You can have as, as little as you want. And to Chandler's point, it's all about just constant learning and having that, having that student mindset. That's actually one of the, the pillars moving from uh, account executive to enterprise account executive. It says student mindset, stay curious. It's because those who continuously learning will evolve and outlearn people over time. And I think that that's what's really helped separate me as well. Um, so let's transition, Chandler. In the last six minutes today, all of our episodes are less than 30 minutes. We want to pack them with as much value and also entertainment as well. So we have a lot of conversations uh, in the evenings in the office. I know you were talking about one of your dad's friends that owns a lot of real estate. Could you talk about that as well and maybe parlay that into some of your goals and or aspirations? Because the SDR role is not forever. And I think it's really a building block. So as you think about where you want to go um, and other people that, that maybe you look up to, um, how do you think about that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think, you know, if you're in sales, it's likely that you're here because of, of uh, monetary motivation, right? And so um, the nice thing about money is that it provides freedom and, and that's kind of what I'm after. And, and you, you've touched on this before on the YouTube channel is that um, freedom to live in the neighborhood I want to live in, drive the car I want to drive, send my kids to school where they want to go to school. Um, and so that's what I love about Qualtrics and just, just the sales in general, right, is you can really write your own paycheck. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the upper mobility is limitless. And so, yeah, eventually I would love to, to you know, get some real estate going, invest in condos. I think the good thing about tech too is outside of lately – um, huge equity opportunities, right? Like tech stocks are always, always a good place to be. And I, I know you know that firsthand. And so um, I have some other things too that I'd like to do after sales, right? Like a, a, a huge life dream of mine has always been uh, to be a sports agent. And so um, I, I, that's, that's sales in a sense. But um, I don't know. I think it opens a lot of doors. It develops a lot of baseline skills that are, that are usable in any field, right? The communication, objection handling, emotional intelligence, reading a room, uh, value proposition. And so I think whatever I decide to do, um, having that baseline of sales while I'm young provides a really good foundation. And um, a lot of C-level execs started off in sales, actually. I saw an article the other day, I think it was 72% of C-level execs uh, began their career in sales. And believe me, guys, you want to keep your eyes on Chandler. And, and this story will we'll bring it full circle here. So this past weekend, Chandler put his body to the test. Uh, Chandler, do you want to explain the challenge you did? And really, as you now reflect on that a couple days past, what, what are some of your takeaways and learnings? Yeah. So one of the other SDRs and I, actually, Lewis, um, he did this last year. And he came to me and said, hey, the David Goggins 4x4x48 is this upcoming weekend. Or this is like two weeks ago. And I was like, I'm in. I'm in. I did no training, right? And so if you are familiar, David Goggins, great book, can't hurt me, highly recommend it. 
Um, but he has this challenge where you run four miles every four hours for 48 hours. And so again, no training at all for this. We just prepped up with peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, Nutrigrain bars, body armor, and Pedialyte. And we started Friday night at 10 p.m. Central, then ran again, so four miles then, 2 a.m., 6 a.m., 10 a.m., 2 p.m., 6 p.m., all the way until Sunday night at 7 p.m. roughly we finished, or 6.36 p.m. So I think a lot of people are like, why would you do that first off, right? I think it's good to do hard things um, to, to constantly test yourself, right? Like you can't get too comfortable. I think running is a great analogy for life as well, right? Like when you go out on a run, you can get as much or as little out of a run as you want, right? You can you can jog, you can run fast, you can run short, you can run far, similar life, right? You can be content and really happy with with, with little, or you can shoot for the moon and, and go for it all. And so I think running's a really good analogy for life. Uh, but the, the challenge, uh, to your point, was extremely, extremely tough. Um, but I found, just like many things in life, it's not so much physical as you would think it is, it's more mental. And I think in life, when you set in your mind that you're gonna do something, your body will find a way to adapt to it, right? And just like in life, if you if you are truly, truly after something, you will overcome any obstacles, you will find a way to make it happen. And so I think it was just a good parallel just to life in general. So let's bring Chandler back down to earth here. And we're going to finish with the story when Chandler and I first met. <laughs> so Chandler and I, he had connected with me through my YouTube channel. So he knew of me. I knew of him before he started at our, our current employer. Um yeah. He first moved here, and, and this was tw- 24 hours boots on the ground. Um, I take him out to my favorite pregame spot. I uh, bring out one of my buddies. He brings out his roommate, Ryan. And um, we, we had a few cocktails. Uh, we immediately go to dinner, had a few more cocktails, and we were feeling pretty rowdy at this point. Uh, went to a, a little uh, gathering, uh, festivities. And then, Chandler, you want to you take it over from there? What happened? I, I don't even know what happened after that. <laughs> I don't remember. I think you would be a better account of that. Uh, I I ended up just getting some some videos of Chandler just face down on the ground uh, within within hours of that moment. Um, heck so of a first we, impression, I guess, right? Heck of a first impression is right. Well, Chandler, thanks so much for coming on the pod. Uh, if you guys enjoyed today's episode, make sure to smash the like button now. I'll put a link to my LinkedIn and Chandler's LinkedIn in the description below. Go show Chandler some love. Chandler, thanks again. Absolutely enjoyed it, Trey.